in the tallest trees to the human life of you and me from the desert sands to the place we stand he is god of all he is everything better <laughs> we got home we bought two uh uh, uh uh, we bought a, a thing for our television and a bookcase, and, and so I went to work at putting this together. Because you know, everything from Ikea comes in a box. And so, um, so I'm putting this stuff together, and of course, uh, everything is very well, uh, instru the instructions are great. I mean, they have little pictures with little guys, and, you know, it's like, and they're all putting it together. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what it is, but I must abandon the, the rules. And so I get out my power tools, which they tell you, don't, no power tools, just get a screwdriver. That's all you need is a screwdriver because this is really soft stuff. And if you use your power tool, you might ruin it. And, and then all of a sudden, I, I, I find myself using my power tool and, and, and then kind of diverting from the instructions. And then all of a sudden, I have the wrong pieces in the wrong places. And then I have to take it all apart. And it's just, oh, and you think I'd learned my lesson when putting the TV stand together. And I go and I'm like, okay, I'll never do that again because it just took me twice as long to put this TV stand together. And then I open up the box for the bookcase. And I do it again. I'm just like, what is a problem? I am a sinful, rebellious man and I abandon the rules all the time. And I think that is really uh, uh, the problem uh, that lies uh, fundamentally in the church and the reason for which God has given us the Ten Commandments. And he calls us to live by some rules, some statutes, and he says it's gonna go well for us. We're in week nine of a series called Faith, Family, and Freedom. Getting back to basics. Our aim has been to get back Back to some basic family values to guide and direct our lives. And we're doing this by using the Ten Commandments. In this series, it has proven to be for all of us, whether you're single, married, a children, or an adult, uh, whether you're widowed or divorced, a traditional family or a blended family, whatever the case may be, this series has been for you. If you've missed any of the uh, videos, we have them online, our website, uh, EncounterCCB.org. Uh, everything is up there. You guys can check them out. Even my notes or have been attached to each of the series because when we do these topical series, there's a ton of scripture references and quotes that we like to quote. And so we thought it would be convenient for you to post all the sermon notes um, on the videos it, itself. Um, in our opening scriptures today, we're called to know the commandments, to live by them, to talk about them, to teach them to our children, write them on our doorpost and on our gates. So in our coming and our going, we're thinking about these standards. If you have children in children's ministry this morning, we are teaching your kids the values of, of, of living by the Ten Commandments. Uh, and I assure you, they're learning an age-appropriate lesson on the Ninth Commandment, which is you shall not bear false witness to your neighbors. So tell me, ask, I'm going to ask a question. Has your kids ever told a lie? One out of one, 100%, everybody, right? And so your kids are, are learning today why it's important to not just tell, uh, uh, not to stop telling lies, but to tell the truth. Uh, lying is an epidemic in the American culture. We see it everywhere. It's kind of hard sometimes to go anywhere and know what to believe and what not to believe. Uh, people are always driven by motives. Uh, and so they'll tell you what you need to hear to, to gain whatever their motive is, or fulfill whatever their motive is, is 
projecting toward. Uh, multimedia today. Media is uh, so slanted and biased, we just don't know what to believe. What is the truth? Uh, how do we know that, that someone is telling us the truth? Well, the truth in, in Scripture is, is revealed to us in, through a person. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He reveals himself as the truth. And so as Christians, we have a standard of truth. We have a, a foundation that we can stand on to, and everything lives and dies for us on the authority of Scripture. We believe that. We believe that wholeheartedly, that God has spoken directly in his word about what is and what is not, what is true and what is a lie. Sometimes God has given us stories in his Scripture that we could, we could understand the character of God, and he never changes. He's the same yesterday today and tomorrow. And so we can look at some of the, the stories that we have in the Bible, and they might not uh, be addressing some of the subjects directly, but they can, we can totally understand the character of God and, and his nature in and through some of those stories. And then there's some places in the, that we're just never going to find answers because God did not reveal that to us in and through his word. And that we have to be okay with uh, not knowing the answer or knowing the truth completely about that. Had God, uh, uh, had we needed it to survive in this, in this uh, world, God would have revealed it to us. And we're confident with that because we're confident in who God is, the truth. We're confident in who Jesus is. And so, uh, but lies are everywhere. Sometimes you can't help but wonder if anybody is telling the truth. One survey said that 66% uh, of Americans says it's okay to tell a lie. Uh, another survey, only 31 people agreed with the statement that honesty is the best policy. 31% of people say that that is a good statement. Uh, Dr. Leonard uh, Keller, he, he he was the inventor of the lie detector. After he had tested 25,000 people on his device, he had just determined that humanity is deceptive, that that's their nature. And that would actually uh, uh, coincide with, and the, and the Bible would actually support that statement. Is it possible to con consistently tell the truth? Uh, can we consistently be honest in a dishonest world? The first thing that I want you guys to understand is this, is that God would never ask us to do something that he wouldn't equip us to do. So in the, when we talk about the commandments, uh, when God says that he, doesn't want, he wants you to honor him and him alone, that you, you've got the ability to do that. When he says that he wants you to not make any carved image, that he wants you to worship him and him alone, that he, he is giving you the ability to do that. When he says he wants you to honor your mother and father and the, and the position of parenting, he has given you the ability to do so. Through his power. When he says, do not lie to your neighbor, he is giving you the ability to do so. Lying is the attempt to mislead or deceive someone. Uh, when you decide to tell a half truth, you're telling a whole lie. <laughs> When you're, when you're telling a white lie, you're still telling a lie. There are so many ways that people try to mislead and deceive others in this world. And God has called us to be honest people. To the, the church should be a place where, where honesty is at the forefront of what we're doing. Please understand that, that those who have deliberately told half-truths, 
and partial truths are being deceptive at the core. The ninth commandment is the call for us to be honest people. And if you're following along in your bulletin, there's a ton of notes. And so this will help you uh, stay on track with what we are, are trying to teach you today. And it will also keep me from going off the reservation too far. And it will bring me back because there, we, God is a God of order. And I want to be a, a, a person of, uh, that honors God. And so if you're following along, we're going to answer this question. How can I become an honest person? And the first way is this. By telling the truth completely. By telling the truth completely. God tells us in Proverbs 10, he says, Someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. But one who openly criticizes works for peace. You see, he's saying that don't hold back your words. Concealing things can cause all kinds of trouble, God says here in the Proverbs. It can lead to resentment and mistrust and, and so much more. You guys know that, that people have told you half-truths or people have concealed the full truth to you and it just caused more havoc than, than if it would have been told completely. You get into trouble by not saying what you mean or meaning what you say. And so it's important that we tell full truth, that we tell the complete truth. The problem is, that, and there's some people that, and we were just talking about this this week, that we know of this family, that, that they have a ton of problems, but they just keep sweeping them under the rug as if they don't exist. The problem is, is that rug, it'll just continue to get higher and higher and higher. There'll be a root of bitterness sown in, or, or resentment, or mistrust, and then the, the, that just breaks down the relationship. And so God says, I want you to, even the hard things that you need to talk about, I want you to talk about them completely. We can become honest people if we tell the truth completely. Concealed truth undermines our relationships and has the potential to destroy them. Proverbs 28 says this, one who rebukes a person will later find more favor than one who flatters with his tongue. We're not bouncing around the truth. We, even if it's a rebuke, even if it's something hard, you'll find later that you'll have more favor with that person than someone who just wants to flatter you with the tongue. But we all know that, that telling the truth and telling the complete truth is the right thing to do. Some of you are uh, business owners, I know that. What if you just told, a, uh, or, or you had an employee that wasn't making the right decisions, or worse than that, he was goofing off and, and being dangerous, right? And it would be irresponsible for you as a business owner to allow him to continue doing that without saying anything. You might come, I, I, I've experienced this myself. And when I was in younger management at the trucking company, I'd try to befriend the, uh, our, our drivers. I was a driver that went into management, so I wanted to, to like soften that blow a little bit. And so I'm like, hey guys, just really super nice. Can you just be, can you just, and I just kind of pad the truth. I, w- I wouldn't tell the complete truth to them. I just try to gain their confidence by telling them half truths, and then all of a sudden they hurt themselves. Who's now responsible for that? It's me. It's me because I didn't tell them the whole truth. What if you have somebody in a position that you hired and, and, and that person is not performing well? Wouldn't it be better that you just told them the complete truth and, and maybe we can find a better position that suits them better or, or that person that's goofing off? Maybe, wouldn't it be better that, that we prevent them from getting hurt or fired? Maybe it's the thing, when you start telling someone the complete truth, maybe that's what it's going to take for, for them to change and finally find their role in their lane in their lives. But when we tell half-truths, 
and, and, don't, and, and that we hold back uh, from, from the complete truth, we're doing more harm than we are good. So tell the truth completely. The second way we can become an honest person is this, by telling the truth consistently. Now remember, we can do this because God is going to give us the power to do this. But can a person be an honest person? If they, it, it, would you consider yourself an honest person if you told the truth 75% of the time? Would you consider? Yes or no? This is interactive. No? What about 80% of the time? 95? 95% of the time. Like 95% you told you were honest about everything. You know, the truth is that either we're honest and, and we're consistently honest or we're not. And we've got to come to terms with that. The Bible says this, instead of instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the, the mature body of him who is the head of Christ. You see, honesty is to be a lifestyle that leads us to maturity in Christ, to lead us to be more like Jesus. And who was more consistently honest than Jesus? And, and that is our aim. We want to be like Christ. Jesus said some crazy stuff in his scripture. He, we, we have recorded in, in the scripture where Jesus did not pull any punches. He told the complete truth and he was consistent about the truth. He told some very hard truths and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't shy away from hard truths because he knew that these truths that he was sharing had eternal consequences. Can you imagine if Jesus told a half truth? your sin isn't that big deal it's not going you know don't worry about it i'll be everybody's gonna go to heaven don't worry could you imagine if that was what jesus said and then when they met their maker it was a lie it was a lie yes his desire is to take away your sins his desire is to forgive you his desire is to give you a new life and his desire is to give you eternity in heaven but there are some serious uh, implications of that and what must take place for that all to happen could you imagine if jesus was a half-truth teller or he didn't constantly tell the truth Proverbs says this, a good man is guided by his honesty. The evil man is destroyed by his dishonesty. Could you imagine if Jesus didn't tell the truth? He, he's calling us to do that. Dishonesty destroys. And we know that to be true. When people lie, uh, they have to remember what they've been told. I had lunch with a pastor in Whittier uh, this week, and, and he had been pastoring. He's in his ninth year of planting churches, and this is his fourth church that he has planted. And uh, just a busy entrepreneurial starter, right? He's a great guy. And he finally settled into his church this last year. It's Disciple Church in Whittier. Great guy. Um, pray for pray for Pastor Joaquin in that church. We we just love them. We care about them. He is the leader of SoCal Church Plants. He was telling me a story. I was telling him about our house and, and the blessing that that we we have just received. Um, and, and then he goes, "Well, I have a similar blessing, but it, it's it's different. We finally have a, we finally have a home, and, and but it, it it came with some real peril." He said that they planted a church in Whittier, and there was a congregant there that that claimed to be a real estate agent, and she also claimed to be independently well. Or, or wealthy because she was an heir to one of her father's throne in, uh, I don't know what he did or, or what story she fabricated, but he was in Korea and he was just wealthy. And, and she uh, said, I want to buy you and your wife and your family, five kids, a home. And so here, I want you to go and start looking and I'll be your real estate agent. And, and, and this whole thing was going on and on and on and on. And they had looked for a year. And, and every time they found something that they wanted to put a bid on, they would call her. And they'd like, okay, this is the one we want to bid on. And she'd be like, okay, I'm on it. 
The whole time, you guys, it was a fabrication. She wasn't wealthy. She wasn't a real estate agent. She had no, what is going on? And she had to keep on trying to keep up with the lies. And finally, after, she just couldn't keep up by telling all these lies. And, and the ends weren't, weren't meeting, right? And they're like, what? And after a year, they, she finally confessed that she <laughs> wasn't who she was saying she was going to be. The lies destroy relationships. They wreak havoc on God's people. It damages your character, and God calls us to tell the truth consistently. Telling the truth is trust building. Deception destroys trust. Thankfully, um, our brother pastor and his wife are very grace-filled, loving people, and, and, and trusting in God for their future, and they now have their own home, which is, uh, which is fantastic. But, but dishonesty destroys our relationships. Proverbs 13 says this, a, a wicked envoy falls into trouble, but a trustworthy carrier brings healing. See, we want, we, truth wants, should be healing to our, our relationships. The truth should be beneficial to us. If, you, if, if anybody has problems in here, if you're married, if you have relational problems, if both parties in the relationship say that they want to get better and they're not making any progress, it's because someone's not telling the truth. If both parties are saying that I want to get better and I want to bless this relationship and there's no progress getting made, someone's not telling the truth. When you're telling the truth consistently, you'll keep working at it because that's what you truly want. It's also super important to realize that being honest doesn't mean being mean or nasty. This leads me to the next way we can become honest people, by telling the truth lovingly. Now, this isn't a strong suit of mine. I wasn't always like that. Uh, um, I had to learn the hard way. I remember uh, at Oasis, I was a, uh, a young pastor, and, and I remember a, a gentleman that came up to me, and, uh, and he, he confessed to me his, his porn addiction. And I'm just like, bro, what part of the gospel don't you believe? Don't you know what you're doing to your children? Don't you know the message that you're sending to, to your wife? Don't you know? And I was just beating him down with the truth. All those things that I was saying were true, but I was using the truth as a club. And I was whooping him down. And, and that wasn't very loving at all. Pastor James McDonald, one of my favorites, he says, love, uh, truth without love is brutality. And so we must be telling the truth in the spirit of love. We just read in Ephesians this, instead speaking the truth in love, we grow to become more like Christ. People will perceive truth without love as an attack on them. And that's what this brother perceived my attack on him. Because you know what, what it was? It was an attack. It was an attack. I was motivated. I, I, I was motivated to tell him the truth this way to get him out of my face. That's really what it was. I was telling, telling him to just check his own heart, but I was really telling him because I didn't want to love him that much. I just wanted him out of my space and quit confessing these type of things. It was a sinful way of telling the truth. It wasn't loving at all. The way we know that we're speaking the truth in love is, is, is the motivation. What is motivating you? Will it benefit the other person or, or is this something just to make things easier on me? Am I trying to change them so that they, they, can, they can be the best that they can be? Or am I just trying to get them out of my face? I want to be more loving. We should, to become honest people, we should be loving people. This leads me to the fourth one too. Um, 
is this. If we want to become honest people, we have to tell the truth tactfully. Oh, man. Uh, whenever, you, <clears throat> whenever you need to share the truth, you need to share it tactfully. Um, we have experienced this in so many different ways. Um, I, I, you guys know my testimony, uh, Tattoo Kelly Combs. He had a horrible uh, motorcycle accident one time, and, and uh, he got flown to the, it was just bad. And I remember the church came around us at that time, and we were at Loma Linda uh, University as he's getting ready for open heart surgery. And, um, and I remember one of, uh, and he's my friend. He's a pastor and he's my friend. And he came walking in there and he might as well have been riding on a horse. He came in with so much, so much gusto. And he just started, we started circling up and he circled us up and he just started preaching a message about how God is this and how God is that and, and, and how God is going to heal this. And I was just like, bro, you need to shut up. We don't need a sermon right now. We don't need a pastor. You know, Angela needs a friend. And she needs a, a, a hotel room booked. And maybe she needs lunch. Maybe you should go do that. Save your preaching for another time. He came in with no tact. He wasn't telling the truth tactfully. He was telling the truth pr almost pridefully. As if. You've got a circle full of Christians who know the truth. We don't need this right now. What we need is your love and your compassion and your mercy and your help. Tactful. God tells us in, his, in Proverbs, this, he says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. I couldn't tell you the feeling that everybody was feeling out there, but I can tell you that it was piercing their hearts like a sword. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Maybe they needed, uh, Angela needed a silent shoulder so the tongue said nothing. Just the presence of people being there in those moments and saying nothing could be the, the way we, can, we, we control our tongue. Words are so powerful. Our words, they can either hurt people or heal people. They can develop people or destroy people. They could build them up or tear them down. We can delight, our words can help people delight in, in their life or devastate people. They have tremendous power. You've all heard the, the nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. It's a violation of the ninth commandment because <clears throat> physical wounds will heal within a few weeks or a couple months. But the emotional scars that words leave, uh, man, left untreated, can last a lifetime, let me tell you. Emotional wounds can last a lifetime. We're called to tell the truth, but we're also called to do it with love and tact. <clears throat> when you speak the truth in love and with tact, you'll learn that the point of telling the truth is to make friends, not enemies. And so when we're, yeah, yeah, let me say that again. When we're telling the truth in love and intact, the motivation, our motivation is to make friends, not enemies. And so how are we telling the truth? God's word says intelligent people think before they speak. What they say is then more per persuasive. You get more bees with honey. Have you heard that one? Yes, you guys awake? Are you alive? I know it's hot in here. This is about the time that we need to like do a campaign for the fundraiser for the AC in here, right? Woo! It's like, man, everybody would come in and give, all, give to that, right? We've got plans. God is good and he's going to provide for us and we're going to get this place cooled down one of these days. And so be praying for that. 
Um, but this, uh, again, this, this loving and this tact is where the, the area that I struggle the most. Because I'm a truth guy, right? I wrote the book on truth. I wrote the book on having the answers. And if you just would uh, embrace God and his truth, things would change. But you also have to be loving and tactful. It's good counsel for all of us. Timing is also important. It's probably not good to drop a bombshell on your, on your husband or your wife right before you go to bed. It's probably not good to unload everything right on, when they're heading out the door to go to work, right? Be tactful. Uh, Use some time. Don't do it when you're hurried or or when you're tired or when you're distracted. Find the proper time and place to deal with things honestly. Have the energy to deal with things honestly. Speak, so we're to speak truthfully, uh, completely, consistently, lovingly, and tackily. These are just a few biblical tips for becoming an honest person. The problem is we don't do these things, right? We just don't. So we need some good news uh, and, and why don't we do these things? Uh, Matthew 12 provides us some insight on this, and Jesus says this. He says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, Matthew 12. The real problem is not our mouths. The real problem is, is not what's coming out of our mouths. It's where these words are birthed. It's in our heart. What's coming out of your mouth is a real indication of what's going on inside of us. Jesus said this, he says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, lying, and slander. These are what defile a person. You see, the heart of the, we say this every week when we pray and we close, we say the, the matter of the heart, or the heart of the matter is the matter of our hearts because what's coming out of our mouth is, is rooted in a much deeper problem here. The biggest lie that you can tell yourself and believe is that your sin can be managed, that you can manage your behavior and then you'll be good. Well, that's religion. That's not faith. That you can, you can come up and have your little check boxes like I'll tell the truth today and that, that will only last until you tell a lie or that you tell a half truth or that you conceal some truth. The truth is that you are, 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 are only going to become a, a person of integrity and a person of honesty when you become a person of Jesus. Because he is the one who gives us new hearts. He is the one that, that deals with us and, and gives us new desires and lets us see things as they are. You see, the heart is the center of who we are, the, our being. And when we lie, we're motivated by certain things. And this is the next section that I want to take you through in this sermon is this. We must understand uh, and we must deal with our heart and understand what motivates us to lie. And so uh, uh, lies, the primary motivators behind lies are this, that, that these are issues of the heart. And the first one is this, resentment. Have you ever felt resentful? Some people lie to get even with someone. Some people lie out of spite, hatred, or revenge. Some people lie to, to, because they've been hurt by others or because they're jealous and they want to get back at others. The, so resentment is a motivator for lies. The second motivation behind lies is fear. <clears throat> this is a big one. This is a big one. If, I, if, I, if you go into my office right now, you'll, you'll see on the top of my whiteboard it says, what might my fear tell me about my understanding about God? Because I'm always, uh, I'm, I'm in a stage of fear sometimes. This is really my weakness. People lie because of fear. Uh, they are attempting to escape the consequences. They're trying to avoid the punishment that comes from whatever they're facing. 
They try to protect themselves. That's where my, my, my fear comes in. I'm always trying to protect myself or reinvent myself or show myself. Lies are there to protect ourselves. Have you ever said the dog ate my homework? That's because you're trying to avoid the consequences of not doing your work. People lie to avoid trouble. These lies are motivated by fear. I find it interesting that sometimes uh, the people lie, the lies that some people tell, and if you're a teacher or you know this, that they just tell some outrageous lies. If they just tell the truth, it would do them a whole lot better. If you just told them the truth, you'd do a whole lot better. Another motivator is this, insecurity. That's another one of mine that drives me. Um, when, you, when you lie to impress, this is, this is when you lie to impress. You're trying to create an image to cover up low self-esteem so you brag. Or you try to make yourself better. And so I say, I am the pastor of a megachurch. Not true. <laughs> I am this, I am that, or, or even <clears throat> pastors have this, uh, uh, this, this propensity to say uh, that, that, boy, uh, how big is your church? They're always asked that question, how, how many people do you have coming to your church? And you're like, oh, man, I don't know, 150, 200, somewhere around there. Uh, maybe, yeah, as if, as if that's going to impress somebody to say, no, there's only 120 here. What's the big deal? But we want to embellish because we, we, we want to look better than we actually are. And we lie to impress because of our own insecurities. <clears throat> another, thing that, <clears throat> excuse me, another thing that motivates us to lie is selfishness. We just simply want our own way. People sometimes lie to get what they want because they want it and they want it now. This is, this is such an epidemic in our culture we are so addicted to stuff that we'll just lie to get it. And this is, oh my gosh, this is driving uh, all the marketing. We live in, like, like the American religion is consumerism. Like we will lie to get everything that we want to impress people that we don't even know with, and, and pay for it with money we don't have. And we drive up our debts and our, and our credit cards and, and, and we're even lying to ourselves as if we could afford it. And we truly can't. But I'll lie to get it. I'll even lie to myself. Finally, the, the, another motive is this, that people lie because of laziness. Some people just lie to get out of doing what they should do. And uh, some people lie out of convenience, that they just don't want to go there and to do that. Nope, I'm, I'm totally like booked up all weekend. I can't help and serve at the church. No, you're not. Come on. And if you are, then, then just tell the truth. If you're not, if you don't want to do it, just say, I don't want to do it. I mean, I love, uh, uh, what about when you go to parties and you're just bored out of your mind? And you're like, oh, you know, we got the babysitter. She's got a curfew. No, no, you don't. Don't come up with a lie. Just be honest and leave like Larry Harrington. He doesn't even say anything. He, it's just like, <clears throat> I love Larry because he just, I like, I'll ask Jess, where's Larry? He's like, oh, he went home. I'm like, what? He didn't even say goodbye. He goes, I know. Because he doesn't want to lie. He just wants to go home. Love Larry. It's so good. It's so good. God says in Psalms 34, he says, whoever, uh, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling what? Lies. Again, Jesus said what is going on 
what is coming out of your mouth is something that is going on deeper into your heart. And again, I want to tell you that the biggest lie that you can tell yourself is that you can control your sin, that you can control your behavior, and that you can manage it, and you don't need a Savior. You, don't, you can manage it in your own strength, and you don't need the help from God. The heart of the matter is really the matter of the heart. If, if your heart is filled with resentment, fear, insecurity, selfishness, or laziness, it's an indication that you need a new heart and that you need a Savior. The good news is, is that Jesus Christ specializes in heart transplants. This is why it's our goal to do everything that we can to create space for you to have an encounter with this Jesus. We have a, a, a 101 class today that, that, that introduces you to Jesus. Even if, you, if you've never known him, you can come to this one-on-one class and hear more about him and how he saves people and forgives people and gives you a new heart with new desires. And he also gives you the power to live this life that he's calling us to live by these 10 commandments. That we don't have to be this, we, that he, our new heart instead of love, he, he'll give us love instead of, that will take care of our selfishness. He'll give us joy and peace where there was once hate. There's, he, he instills confidence in us where there is insecurity. And he, and he replaces laziness with motivation, strength, and power. Jesus says, I am the way. And that means he has the route to go. He, I am the truth. That means that he has the truth to convince our own minds and hearts where we doubt and where we lie. And he says, I am the life, meaning that he is bringing the power to our walk. The closer you get to Jesus, the more that you are going to love the truth, the more you'll seek the truth, and the more that you'll live by the truth. If you want to know more about Jesus, come to the 101 class. We've got plenty of room for you. Uh, if you want to become a member of, of this church, that's the path that you go down. Even if you're already a follower of Christ, we would love to affirm those things with you because we think that is the most important thing. Because Jesus is the truth, you need to know him. Because he is the way, you need to follow him. Because he is the life, he will give you the power to live by the Ten Commandments. The beginning of becoming an honest person is by confessing our dishonesty. We just need to admit it. That's all that Jesus says. Confess with your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. Confess your sin to one another. Just confess that, admit it, I don't always tell the truth. Sometimes I lie. I, I exaggerate the truth. I tell half-truths. Just confess your sin. And Jesus says he'll be faithful and, and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you of unrighteousness. Look at what it says. The Bible says if we, can, if we could proclaim to be without sin, we deceive, we lie to ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... Confess the truth, and confession is this, agreeing with God about what is real. That's what confession is. It is agreeing with God what is true. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all of unrighteousness, from every lie, every lie, every lie. Jesus is the good news for people like you and me who have told lies. His desire is to give us grace. Jesus wants to give you a new heart and the power to be the person that he's calling you to be. And I believe he can do that right now. So let's pray and ask for his blessing. Father, we thank you for the, your love for us that you demonstrated by sending your son, Christ Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. We know the rest of that verse is no one comes to the Father except through you, and that is the truth. And so we thank you, God, for your coming to earth, for your living a perfect life, for you being consistently honest. 
in every way. Thank you for more than that, Lord, for, for dying upon the cross upon our behalf. Thank you for securing our lives in faith. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for raising from, being risen from the dead that you can now bring life to our mortal bodies. With that same power, Lord, you're equipping believers each and every day to live as you've called us to live. And so we're eternally grateful for that. We pray for the remainder of this service, Lord, that as we worship you in spirit and truth, that you, God, will meet people right where they are. That, God, you didn't come to condemn the world, but you come to save us. And so, God, for everyone here who has lied and told a lie, God, would you show them, put right in front of them the grace that you have for them today. As we prepare our hearts for communion, I pray that we would confess our sins to ourselves and that, God, that we would confess our need for you and that we would come to you and we'd come to this table of communion knowing that there is grace and forgiveness, that we remember the power of the cross, that we also remember, Lord, that you are with us always to the end of the age. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We also come to the communion table with hope, knowing, God, that there's a sure future for those who have put their faith in Jesus, that eternity is ours. We are heirs to your throne. God, I pray that you will meet with us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm.